to start part two of our episode, I think the best thing for us to do is to have uh, Joe and I uh, joined by Kent to talk about our, our bets of the week, our wines of the week. Uh, the first one that the one that I have for this week, Joe, we were talking about Miami, how the U is not back and they're just a good team right now, and that's it. Uh, they're coming off a really terrible loss to, to, to Clemson where really they just kind of had all of their weaknesses exposed. And now they're coming in to play a Pittsburgh team. It's got a really solid defense. Uh, Pat Narduzzi always has just an absolutely fantastic defense. He's got a pretty good quarterback right now in Kelly Pickett. Um, and Miami, you know, they showed it against UAB and against everyone they played except for Miami, except for Clemson. They have a solid defense. Pittsburgh last week had to survive a scare against Boston College. And I think both these teams are going to play really tight, and you're going to have a low-scoring affair. And I really like the under on Pittsburgh and Miami this week. I think it's a 52-and-a-half. I think with the way these defenses are playing and with what I think is going to be a very poor offensive game after they're having to recover from strange games, I think the under is a really good pick on this one. If you're going to Biloxi, I say bet the under on Pittsburgh and Miami. Okay. I think, I think that's a good one. Uh, the one I would with Dan, um, we were talking about Notre Dame earlier, but I'm actually going to go on a, out on a little bit of a limb here and kind of side with Notre Dame this week. They're taking on a Louisville team that's uh, very pedestrian offensively. They've been blown out by a lot of people so far this year, off to a one and three start. The game's at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's favored by 17 points. I think they exceed that margin. I think they win this game by probably about three touchdowns more. That's an interesting joke because I actually had a bad place today for Louisville to cover on that game. So I'm now now I'm starting to feel a little worried about that pick, but we'll see. That was one of my that was part well, of my three game parlay. That's right. Well, and so Kent, uh, what do you, what do you have? Stetson Bennett, the fourth, the quarterback. 
It's, it's not the same thing that you're getting. Um, what, do, what do you see in this matchup, Kent, between uh, Kirby and, and Nick? Well, in my final thoughts, because we're starting to get out of my depth and my area on these things, and then I'm gone. My, my thought is that Alabama, so you know Saban is not, he probably will not be, he will not be on the sideline this Saturday. Um, you guys saw, you know, he, he got diagnosed with uh, COVID-19 today. Uh, he left practice immediately. So... So it, it turns into who do I trust? Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, and he'll be the head coach for Alabama. Um, I think that makes it a really close game. I think that makes it a lot closer than I, than I thought it was going to be. I thought Alabama would be, I thought it would be very similar to maybe a, the Clinton Miami game. I thought it would be maybe that Alabama would show that it is leagues above what you're uh, now, without saving, even though Saban's not the play caller, you know, he's still that you know leader. Uh, he's still the one making final calls on things, tough situations, and he's able to kind of you know he's, he's there. He can tell his players to feel like what they're saying. You know, kind of see him. Um, I think Bama still wins, but I think it's a lot closer. Um, mostly because I, I just don't really trust her that much. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not going to – I think it's going to be a nerve-wracking game. You know? yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really tight one. Uh, Joe, tell me if you think I'm right on this. I think the most important stat in this game is not going to be which quarterback plays better. I think it's going to be which running back plays better between Najee Harris and Samir White. I think as much fireworks as you saw last week with Ole Miss and Alabama – this is actually going to be more of an old-school round-and-pound game, and that's the team that wins. So I think, you know, if Najee Harris does anything close to what he did last week, Bama's going to win. But if Samir White puts up the kind of numbers he did against Auburn, then I think you're going to see a Bulldog victory. Again, I think you're definitely onto something. I think that this game will come down to the running game, it's the defense. I don't think you'll see the passing yardage that we saw last week in Oxford, obviously. Now, if we do, that's bad news for Georgia because Alabama has a much better chance to win that type of game than Georgia does with Bennett as your quarterback. Uh, Mac Jones can play that type of game. He can be kind of a chameleon when it comes to running offenses. So I'm going to say, though, that the way I think the game is going to play out, I'm kind of leaning towards Georgia for this regular season matchup. Um, with the uh, disclosure that I think that there's a good chance these teams could meet again in Atlanta, of course. And then if Georgia wins the first matchup, Alabama would obviously conveniently win a three-match. So I think Georgia has a great chance. Uh, their defense has just been fantastic. And I think that, you know, going into Brian Day, this season is just not as intimidating, obviously, like it is with a lot of venues with covid and I think that all of those factors uh, lend itself uh, to Georgia having a chance to pull this off. Yeah, Joe, I'm kind of with you on this. I, I've actually I've been on Georgia this whole week, too, because I like their defense so much. And in particular, I like their secondary. I mean, right now, Mac Jones is playing fantastic. You're seeing such great things out of Jalen Waddle with Devonta Smith. But the thing is that Richard LeCount and Georgia's secondary is really good. They're the best in America. 
And unlike last year's Georgia team, they're actually getting some pressure on the quarterback at a fairly high rate. So I really think Georgia's defense is going to have more success than people think. I don't think this is going to be a game where it's like 13 to 10 or anything like that. But I do think that Georgia's going to pull this game out and maybe something like a 31-28 type game. Yeah, I see it going down to a field goal like in the 20s or low 30s. I think it's going to be really tight. Um, I think also not having the statement on the sidelines. I, I just don't trust Sarkeesian, um, you know, as a game day coach. Um, and so I, I just think that all of those factors will allow Georgia to win this game. But I would tell any Alabama fan, if you lose it, it really probably won't matter because I really think they can win. And, and Kent, I'm also with Joe on this. I think that Georgia will win this game, the one that doesn't matter, but that Alabama will still make the SEC championship. And then Georgia will pull the most Georgia thing ever, and then when they play it the second time, you'll beat them, and then it didn't matter anyway. They might be like that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, give, give a little. I get to end on a high note. Yeah, so you get to end, end on a high note with that. So there you go. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, moving on, uh, we're talking about what I think is the hardest game to handicap this weekend, and that's Ole Miss and Arkansas. Both teams last week had really great performances and losses. Maybe a questionable loss in Arkansas, but still counts as an L on the board. They played a great game against Auburn, uh, really on both offense and defense. I thought they played really good. And surprisingly, I thought Felipe Franks was doing a really great job in the quarterback position, maybe better than I ever saw him play at Florida. And they hang tight with Auburn. They're the only team that's really hung tight with Georgia for a large part of the game. And now they're coming in and taking on an Ole Miss team who hung 48 points on Alabama and played just absolutely great offense while anemic defense. And, Joe, I have no idea what to think about this game. What are, what are your thoughts looking in on this Ole Miss-Arkansas matchup of Two teams that are kind of performing better than what people thought they would be. Man, I know earthly I did. Um, because here's the thing you're looking at. With this game being in Fayetteville, Ole Miss over the last decade has had a lot of live games in Fayetteville. A lot of games where you would think that they could beat Arkansas. You know, Arkansas has just come in and either dominated in them or just won a close game. In fact, I think that the last two times Ole Miss beat Arkansas on the road, the games were actually in Little Rock. And so Fayetteville, to me, that's just not been a, a good place for Ole Miss to play. So that's one thing I'm looking at. Number two, um, you look at how the Auburn-Arkansas game played out, and anyone would obviously you know, say that if um, – Arkansas can score points on Auburn's defense. They're going to light up Ole Miss's defense. So that concerns me. Even with Felipe Franks, you know, not being the most prolific quarterback, he's still pretty steady. And so it comes down to this, Dan. I see a game that's probably going to play out a lot like Kentucky Ole Miss. It will just depend on who commits a costly turnover, who makes the mistake, and who doesn't. I think that's a good call, Joe. I think it's probably a game in the 40s, and it's going to be, you know, which big-time players come and get it done? Is it going to be Jerry and Ely and Elijah Moore, or is it going to be uh, Traylon Smith for Arkansas, who looks fantastic last week against Auburn. He's going to need to be in the game. And uh, 
I don't know. Something about this game really worries me because Arkansas just seems to have Ole Miss's number in tight games. I know they won one recently in a tight one, but I hate to do this, but I'm going to lean Arkansas in this game. I just I feel like everything's kind of setting up for that, and they're just they're so good in tight games against Ole Miss. And there's just you know there, sometimes there's matchups. It's like Ole Miss, it's like Auburn and LSU. LSU always tends to get Auburn in a tight game. Maybe you don't think of the better team, and I think that's kind of what's going to happen this time with Arkansas. Here's here's what I think is going to happen. Then. We're going to see um, kind of an extension of what we saw back in 2016 for Ole Miss. You know, when they jump out to those big leads in the first quarter, look really good, unstoppable, and they just kind of flatten out and flatten. I think that Ole Miss is going to have some success early and probably jump out to like a 10 to nothing, 14 to nothing lead, and then we'll see Sam Pittman make adjustments. Ole Miss will not be able to start stop Arkansas. And it'll just be a completely different narrative in the second half where Ole Miss has just, you know, got more than they can handle. What do you think, Kat? Well, I, I honestly, this game, I, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I, I really wasn't sure uh, which way to go with it. But honestly, Joe brought up a good point, which is this. He thinks this game's going to come down on the, the uh, a last second luck or a fumble recovery or some crap that normally happens. And, 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 and given my history of watching on this football, I, I will say that's going to happen in Arkansas. So, yeah. <laughs> I know it's sad. I really hope that all of us are wrong. Um, speaking of luck, uh, Auburn, South Carolina this weekend. Uh, Big comeback game for Auburn. Uh, Joe, South Carolina has been kind of an interesting team. They've done, I guess, about what you expect them to do. Uh, they haven't really accomplished anything. They beat the bad Vanderbilt team by a lot. They played a really good tight game against Tennessee and then had a really terrible special teams play where a guy got in the way of the ball and a fumble, very South Carolina way to lose. And right now they're sitting at, at one and two. Uh a lot of the Sharps think that South Carolina has a good chance to, to beat Auburn in this game, but Joe, I've kind of got a feeling that, that Auburn's going to come out and probably play one of their better games this weekend and maybe beat South Carolina by 10 to 14 points. Okay, I think Auburn will definitely win this game. I mean, like I said earlier on our first segment, I'm not going to overreact and suddenly get on the Will Musk Jim bandwagon after they dominated a Vanderbilt team that barely even had enough players to play the game. And also, Vanderbilt team is not good anyway. And so I think that this team will play out about the way it should. Auburn will win probably by about two touchdowns. Um, I think that South Carolina's deep offense will struggle from time to time. They'll be kind of stagnant. You know, but I don't think it will be the most watchable game in the world. But I think Auburn will get back on the right track. And in South Carolina will be about what we thought they were coming to see. Yeah, that's what I think too, Joe. I think the biggest factor for Auburn is the fact that last week they had about five defensive starters out. They're getting all of them back except for KJ Britt this week, and that's going to make a big difference. They get their starting quarterback in Jalen Simpson. Big Cat Bryant's going to be back out there. Um, I think they're going to get Sean Shivers back too. So they're starting running back, although I think Tank Bisbee surpassed him. But you're just going to see a lot of guys come in that were hurt that are going to get to play, and I think that made a difference against Arkansas. What do you think, Kent? Do you think Auburn's going to pull it out against South Carolina? Yeah, I think Auburn's going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game by about 
don't think there's really much to, to be pulling out. So like, I, I think that, I mean, South Carolina has been consistently disappointed with like, the Wilmers, you know. And, uh, I just, I mean, let's, let me put it this way. Like, Steve Spurrier, Blue Holtz had a national championship. He couldn't do it. Steve Spurrier had a national championship. I don't think he'll much change. <laughs> so, no. uh, he's been, he's been consistently mediocre and, you know, they're in the so, so uh, and with Tennessee not being good the last couple of years, like, you know, Vanderbilt can be Tennessee and underneath, and they've been, you know, hanging out right there in the middle. I think that's probably why he's still around. Um, but no, I think unless, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm thinking the Arkansas was better than people think that they were. That's why they were so close to Bomber. And I'm thinking in South Carolina, it was just as bad as I think you're right on that. Yeah. Uh, I got some good news there. All off season, you know, got all off season, everybody, including myself, you know, kind of made fun of Arkansas. You know, we're all talking about, oh, they're going to go 0 10. It's a horrible team. I guess in the back of my mind, I always kind of feared that something like this could happen where they kind of reemerge um, and not necessarily win that many games, but just Sam Pittman getting a bit more competitive. So, yeah. you know, you get a guy that's a new coach, a coaching change, and a guy that nobody knew who he was, but he did come from a program that had a lot of success in Georgia. And, you know, you, you start to um, get that message embedded to the players at Arkansas, they suddenly believe a little bit more. Whereas Vanderbilt, you know, is still working with the same coaching staff. And so I think that has a lot to do with the motivation. Hey, well, it's okay. I've got some really good news for Will Muschamp, though. When he gets fired at the end of the season, there may be one to two great defensive coordinator jobs open in the SEC. Pete Golding may be out at Alabama. He may be able to get that job. And I can go ahead and tell you, Bo Pelini's probably not making it through this entire season at LSU. So it's okay. Will Muschamp will have a good landing spot when he gets ousted in Columbia this year. A four, a four to fire Ty Grantham? Well, there you go. There's another option. He's always got kind of a boomer bust defense. Um, moving on, we were talking about uh, you know South Carolina and their efforts against Tennessee. I think there's a very interesting game this weekend between Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee last week, the Rocky Top Nation for about a half thought that they were back. We were talking about how Miami thought they were back. Tennessee was really feeling good about themselves. They had a lead against Georgia. And then Georgia was like, that's really funny, Tennessee. I'm glad you thought you were back, but I'm still going to destroy you. And then in the second half, Georgia's put it to them and completely crushed all the hopes that Tennessee football was actually back. And now they're playing a Kentucky team that kind of underperformed the first couple weeks. They got beat pretty handily by Auburn. They've lost a tight game against Ole Miss, a team that probably they're probably better than in a complete style. And then they went out last week and made it to where Mike Leach's offense only got two points against them. And by that, I mean zero points and a safety. And through six interceptions, Mississippi State did. 
And Joe, I think this is right for an upset in this game. I think Tennessee's so so sad, crying over themselves after what happened against Georgia that they're not going to be focused this week. I think Kentucky's got something to prove right now, and I like the Wildcats in a big upset over Tennessee this weekend. Nothing would surprise me about that game, Dan. I think that outside of Ole Miss, Arkansas, it was kind of the unpredictable game I was looking at on the SEC slate this week um, because Tennessee, you know, they thought that they were kind of back as a program, and then they saw we saw what happened against Georgia, especially in the second half. And so Kentucky's a team that they got you know a lot of momentum last week. They have to remind themselves they came into the season as a ranked team. People were picking them to beat Auburn. I mean, this is a talented roster, and so you know if they've been able to finally reestablish that identity, they can still have a pretty uh, good season. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you saw what Garantano really was in the second half where he threw a couple of interceptions. And I think that up front, that's where Kentucky's going to win this game. They have a very simulating offensive line with a lot of talent and experience in the defensive line. What do you think, Kat? you think Kentucky's going to pull it out against Rocky Top this weekend? Yeah, I know. No, I don't. Um, I think that I, I, I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, I, I just don't think that Bruins the time to let the team know about, about a close loss. Uh, just, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. You know, Kentucky, I mean, keep the students for a little while. They're just always, they're always so close. They're always on the edge of winning the big game, uh, of becoming as you know, competitive and they just, they just don't. I, I don't know why. Um, I really thought maybe this year with like, with, with some seniors and some of the players that have been around, it would happen. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think that I think Coach Bruce got to see you know, kind of back. I think that to judge them based off of losing to Georgia is kind of like uh, when LSU was uh, back when they were talking about how Warzong can't beat Bama or he's not going to be able to stay unless he beat Alabama. Like, Okay, you can't have this coach position unless you can beat the absolute best team around this year. No, um, I think that's absurd. So I think that Tennessee wins against Kentucky, and I think that that backing order is reestablished. Okay, well we'll see that. Well, you certainly uh, know Pruitt better than, than Joe and I do. I mean, wasn't he your defense coordinator ever? He was. That's why I can tell you he's not going to let him uh, dwell on that loss. <laughs> Would y'all ever have experiences like that and he was able to motivate you after a pretty devastating loss? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Well, we'll talk later and see if you can give me the specifics of the way it didn't motivate you after the game. I'm sure it was interesting. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the last game that I'm going to talk about. And uh, Mississippi State and Texas A&M. So we had two teams that are passing in the win. Mississippi State had their great uh, opening weekend win against LSU, which doesn't look quite as good now as it did before. Uh, A&M had an awful game against Vanderbilt. They got their skull drug by Alabama. Everyone thought Jimbo Fisher's just getting paid way too much. He's not doing anything. And then last week he goes out and beats a Florida team, which I picked to win the SEC East. And, for a while, I was thinking it was the second best team in the SEC. So, 
Joe, what are your thoughts on this game? Do you think there's any chances that the Bulldogs can get a big upset in this one? I really don't think so, Dan, because I feel like what we saw last week against Mississippi State, you know, I think there's going to be somewhat of a divide about what they're going to do about the quarterback position moving forward. And then also I'm concerned, as we have been worried about coming into the season, the usage of Kyle Hill or lack thereof with the Mike Leach offense. He didn't get a whole lot of carries against Kentucky, and he didn't uh, run for that many yards when he got the ball. And so I kind of see a team that could really have some internal struggles as the season goes on, trying to figure out exactly where they are, especially where you saw them open the season and, you know, it felt like they were a team that could challenge uh, everybody in the West after one week. Everybody, you know, including myself, was kind of jumping the gun on that, thinking this could be a very dangerous sleeper team. And for them to just fall so far so fast is just beyond me. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about how crazy it is that Ole Miss is so good on offense, so horrendous on defense. I mean, I venture to say, I don't know if I've seen a team change so much in the first three weeks compared to Mississippi State. No, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, having a game where you put up 40-plus points against LSU, 623 yards passing, and then you go out the next week, you barely throw for 200, and you only put up 14 points against Arkansas, and then you go down to two points against Kentucky. I mean, it, it, it's mind-blowing, so... It is kind of hard to see them come back and have a stellar offensive showing against A&M, who really looks like they're clicking on offense right now. Yeah, I think, I think I'd rather have zero points than two. I was thinking about that earlier. You know, that, that's, to me, that's even more embarrassing out of the two. Well, kid, did, did Sam say anything about that game last week? Was he pretty upset at Mississippi State's performance against Kentucky? No, we did not discuss that. The game was the sort of topic that we did not bring it up. But I guess this is my final thoughts on games to go through the pro sports after this. And I don't know. That's not my cup of tea. I'll be pleasing you guys. So my final thoughts are going to be I, I think what you're seeing is I think what you're seeing is bringing in that air raid offense to the SEC, I think it's going to hit or it's going to miss. When it misses, it misses big time. Um, and so when it hits, it hits really well. And so I just don't know what's going to happen to this a game. I just don't. Um, I, for one, I'm always a big fan of watching Jimbo Fisher drop the ball on him. Uh, and he very well could. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's not unheard of with him. Um, and, and Mike Leach sometimes can come in and surprise me. Uh, would I prefer to see it go that way? Absolutely. Uh, but I honestly, I can't give. A, I, I just don't. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into my inner my inner state, and I'm gonna say that I I think that this is safe full set. Okay. Well, guess what, Ken? Uh, that's. I think that's good, man, because I'm on the same boat. I think A&M is going to drop this game this week. Jimbo has not been consistent, and, I mean, A&M showed it against Alabama. What did Mac Jones have, like 500 yards passing against them? They do not have a great pass defense. 
And I kind of think that they're going to be full of themselves after their win against Florida. And Jimbo just seems like he hasn't been able to continue that from week to week and hasn't really controlled his players as much. I like Mississippi State in the big upset in this game, too. Uh, I think it could happen. Once again, you know how I was talking about expectations at LSU. I mean, like this is the first four games for Mississippi State with Mike Leach. Like, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be figuring things out. Like, so uh, I mean, he's showing that he can score. Um, I think that Texas A&M is right for coming for for, for dropping him, um, and, and I think that this could be a really good game for Mike Leach. Yeah, I'm sure.